Are you tired, mama? Tired of feeling like you have to resign yourself to either being a hot mess mom who's drowning in the chaos of motherhood or a Pinterest perfect mom who looks like she has it all together, but on the inside, she's really miserable. The world keeps telling us that these are the only options, but that is such a lie. You can get out of victim mode and you can make changes to bring more joy to your life. And at the same time, you can find freedom in remembering that you can't control everything and you can stop striving for perfection. I'm Mackenzie Tricola, and I'd love for you to join me every week here on the Practically Joyful Mom podcast to talk about realistic ways to bring more joy to your mom life and how to choose to be joyful even when it feels like the chaos is winning. We'll talk about intentional parenting, simplicity, faith in following Jesus, connecting with your kids, taking care of yourself, and so much more. Are you ready to leave hot mess mom and Pinterest perfect mom in the dust? Are you ready to choose to be a practically joyful mom? Then welcome in, friend. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, friends. I'm Mackenzie. Welcome back to Practically Joyful Mom. Thanks for being here today, for taking the time to press play and just share this time together. I hope that today's episode brings you joy and encouragement and inspiration. If you've been listening recently, you know we kind of just finished up a series of talking about focusing on relationships over rules and how that can bring us joy in a lot of areas of our lives, our relationship with God, with ourselves, husbands, kids, friends, the stuff in our lives. And today I kind of want to switch gears. Um, We're finished with that series and today I'm doing something a little different that I haven't done on the podcast before. Recently, I kind of rediscovered this, an essay that I wrote actually in high school, so it's from a long time ago, but when I read back over it, it was really interesting because this essay was actually all about finding joy even in the middle of disappointment, and I think if any year has been full of disappointment, it's been the last year, disappointments big and small, whether your family has had job loss and income change or canceled vacations or just canceled play dates. I mean, as moms of little kids, that sort of thing is a huge disappointment when we miss out on those things that can seem small but also feel big. So just for me reading over this, I thought, wow, this is really relevant to my life right now. How could I have known years and years ago when I wrote this? And of course, I couldn't have known, but I feel like it's just one of those fun things that God brought this back to cross my path this year. And so I just wanted to share a little part of this with you, um, and hopefully it encourages you as well. So this is called A Different Kind of Mountain to Climb. And it starts with this quotation from The Trail by Keplinger. As we were about to leave the summit, Major Powell took off his hat and made a little talk. He said, in substance, that we had now accomplished an undertaking in the material or physical world, which had hitherto been deemed impossible, but that there were mountains more formidable in other fields of effort which were before us. So that's just the quote at the beginning. At the summit of a treacherous peak, there waits a sense of wonder and glory unparalleled by any other. I once thought nothing could compare to the satisfaction of having battled fatigue and fear, defeated snowfields and sizzling sun, and struggled ever upward, 
to claim the prize of the summit. However, last summer, I learned a different sensation involving mountain climbing. Frustration. If this has not been a year of frustration, I don't know what has. My dad and brother and I planned a 10-day packing trip and climbing, or a 10-day trip backpacking and climbing in the Wind River Mountains. Unfortunately, on the first day, I injured my ankle. For the rest of the trip, I only managed to limp along and didn't scale a single peak. I spent hours alone in camp watching my companions ascend to the towering spires looming overhead. In the course of those days, I learned more about myself and my environment than I have ever learned in 10 single days. The greatest lesson I learned is that sometimes it is not achieving something that matters, but learning how to live in peace with oneself, even in disappointment. Our adventure began with a four-hour drive to a town just outside the mountains. We woke at 5 a.m. and drove into the rising sun until we reached our trailhead. I could only think of mountain summits, of the feel of unrestricted wind on my face, and the mind-numbing view of mountain ranges in every direction. The deep forest around us had just begun to wake up. Dew still adorned the grass, and birds chirped their morning wake-up calls. We moved at a determined pace. By the time we paused in a meadow two hours later, we had covered approximately five miles. The mosquitoes became so vicious we could not bear to stop for even a moment, the moment that it would take to pull out the bug spray. My hands swelled, and I swallowed so many mosquitoes that it astonished me any remained alive. I endured the difficulties, concentrating on the snowy peaks in the distance as they grew larger with every glimpse. At about mile six, I began to notice that the back of my right ankle felt sore. As I continued hiking, the pain became stronger. The tightness quickly became a shooting pain, and it was necessary to stop frequently to rest my ankle. By the time we reached the lake, signifying mile nine, I could only limp along at a snail's pace. What upset me most was that I could not pinpoint the moment my ankle became injured. The injury had been caused simply by the repetitive jarring motion of hiking. We took a long rest, and my dad found a walking stick for me. After our rest, the pain was greatly diminished, and I covered the last three miles with only a slight limp and many breaks. I went to sleep, hoping to recover by morning so I would still be able to climb the mountains before us. The next morning, however, my ankle showed no signs of improvement. We decided I should stay in camp and rest while the other two took a day trip to carry our climbing gear and food to the next destination, Indian Pass. I didn't know it then, but this was to be the first of many long days spent in camp alone. Our camp lay on a ridge at nearly 11,000 feet and was surrounded by bluffs and cliffs with sparse yet striking vegetation. I passed the first couple of hours by drinking in the scenery. Eventually, though, I felt the tug of restless boredom. I found myself walking back and forth, scrutinizing the trail for signs of other hikers. This kind of makes me think of the meme that has been going around this year of people saying, now I understand why my dog gets so excited when we see people. This was how I felt at this moment in the mountains. I became so desperate for someone, anyone to talk to, 
that I ended up pursuing conversations with mosquitoes. Annoying as I found them, I desperately needed company. My dad and I used handheld radios to communicate every hour on the hour. I chose a high cliff as my radio spot, and because of the lack of other activities, I found myself arriving at that spot 15 to 20 minutes before our radio rendezvous and staying several minutes afterwards. The sun and the mosquitoes began to take a toll on my sanity. In the sun, there were only a few brave insects because of the heat, but I soon became miserable because of that same heat. In the shade, there was a refreshing coolness, but I was driven away by swarms of pesky parasites. By the time my dad and brother arrived at six in the evening, I had never been so happy to see anyone. The evening was a joy and flew by in a flash, simply because of the blessing of companionship with two fellow humans. Again, this just feels so relevant to this year of thinking how many times this year have we all felt like, oh, I get to be with people for a little bit. Isn't this amazing? After my first day alone in camp, I decided my ankle felt decent enough to attempt the trail to Indian Pass. I could not stand the thought of another day of insane boredom. This day held difficulties of its own. The steep and challenging trail often disappeared altogether and we picked our own path. We rested frequently in order to avoid aggravating my ankle. When we reached Indian Pass, my dad and brother decided to carry our gear even farther along, and I settled down for yet another afternoon alone. At 12,300 feet, Indian Pass formed a rocky gash between two towering peaks. The wind roared so violently we were unable to set up our tent. We decided to sleep in just our sleeping bags in the wind shelter created by a large boulder. Because it seemed as though all of the wind in the world passed through this tiny notch, I settled down in our sleeping spot out of the wind. Venturing out of my shelter was like entering a wind tunnel. The crushing weight of frustration and boredom nearly overwhelmed me. But in that little wind shelter, I made a decision to triumph over my circumstances and learn not just to tolerate my free hours, but to enjoy them. I took control of myself. Although there was a stream running out of a nearby snowfield, I melted snow in aluminum pans for entertainment. I prayed for every person I could think of and then sat down to listen. I threw myself out into the wind and let it rush through my ears and sting my eyes until tears came. And most of all, I gazed in awe at the blanket of sky overhead and the jutting peaks on either side of my rocky haven. A sense of the immensity of my surroundings came over me, and I was utterly robbed of any inkling of boredom. I hardly slept at all that night. From my rocky bed, I watched the sky which never completely darkened. Because of our elevation, the sun's light had not yet left by the time the moon rose. Similarly, the moon seemed to sink in the west just as the sun peaked over the eastern horizon. The hue of the dome was constantly shifting and shadows rose and fell like waves. I lost myself in the wonder of the vastness above me. In the face of that wonder, I searched my heart and found some surprises and discovered I didn't know as much about myself as I had previously thought. Over the following days, I spent time getting to know myself. 
I watched my dad and brother climb mountains in the mornings, mountains I had hoped to climb, and I limped along as we moved camp in the afternoons. I had plenty of opportunities to feel self-pity, frustration, and boredom, yet I chose to concentrate instead on the beauty and wonder of where I was and how I could use my surroundings to my benefit. As we gained elevation, the terrain became more rugged. We began moving across a large glacier system at the base of several peaks. Although we spent our days on the snow, the heat was still intense due to the sun's rays bouncing off of the white surface. Instead of disappointment at not climbing mountains, I chose to feel excitement at sleeping on snow above 13,000 feet. I also asked myself some tough questions and gave myself some even tougher answers. My summer days in the Wind Rivers taught me to live in joy even when disappointment is everywhere. I discovered beauty in every rock, every blade of grass, every snowflake, and even every insect. I learned how to live with myself when I did not get what I wanted, when others achieved my goals before my very eyes and I was unable to join them. Yet what I gained is something much more valuable than another summit view. I gained a deeper understanding of my nature and my character. My experience taught me to live in peace and joy with myself and my surroundings, whatever they may be. Thanks for indulging me in this kind of different episode. I just, when I read this, I just felt like there were so many things that were incredibly relevant to this last year that we have all lived through, a year of disappointment and frustration and not getting what we wanted. And yet we still have this ability to look at what is around us, to choose to see beauty, to choose to see good, to choose to have joy, even in the midst of what has been a very difficult year. So I hope that this was inspiring, encouraging to you. And I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening today, friends. I hope this episode encouraged and inspired you. If it did, I'd love it if you would leave a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at practicallyjoyfulmom. Or you can send me an email at practicallyjoyfulmom at gmail.com. So glad we got to share this time together today. Thanks for choosing joy with me, friends.